Welcome to Harvest Valley Worship Center's Sermon of the Week. You can discover more about our church, pastors, and special guests at hvwc.com. We hope that you are blessed by today's message. We're doing this series on presence because I believe that one of the things that God wants to do in this season is give us fresh encounters with Him. Fresh encounters. And so we're looking at some Old Testament examples. Uh, We will do some New Testament examples as we head into August, but for we're still going to be looking at Old Testament examples of these encounters that, that these amazing men and women of God had with God that changed everything. When his presence comes, it should change everything. It is our humility that when the presence comes, we worship, we give him praise, and we allow the presence of God to transform us. If we're, not, if we're not humble enough and teachable enough before the Father that when he shows up, we treat it like it's just ordinary, we're going to miss something. This is the God of the universe, the creator of all things. And when you come in contact with his presence, there should be a comfortability in it, but a reverence to it. Okay, we're good. All right, good. You guys agree. Amen. That's great. Um, I got 10 verses that I want to read out of Exodus chapter 3. This is, uh, we did two weeks on Jacob and his encounters at uh, where he saw the ladder from heaven and received a promise from the Lord. And then we had another week where we looked at Jacob and and his encounter with God where, where he gets a new name each time he was afraid. And both times he had to be alone to have those encounters, okay? So, so one of the realities is that oftentimes the transformation might happen in a group, but it is you and the Lord. It's what God's doing in you, right? That this is, this is really, really important. Let me, um, uh, we're gonna read the word. I'm reading out of the New King James Version of the Bible because it's the one I'm most familiar with. Um, and so we're gonna read verses one through 10 out of, Uh, Exodus 3. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. We just heard about that from Micah, right? This is where where, uh, Elijah ran to, was to the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush And said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid 
to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. And I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful for your word. We're thankful for Moses. We're thankful for this written word that we can look at and see these amazing encounters with you. Father, I pray that the lessons that we learned today, that your presence would just be here, that your presence would fill this place. God, that there would be a tangible encounter for every person here today. God, that they would not hear my voice, but they would hear your voice within my voice. God, that Holy Spirit, you would be speaking directly to every heart, that they would have these types of encounters where they have to turn, where they have to look aside and say, I want to find out more about this thing that just doesn't make sense. Father, birth curiosity about what you're doing in our hearts, that we would no longer make the assumption to understand and know. And so, Father, I pray that we would come to you with such great humility that when we're in the back 40, that we're in a place by ourselves, that we would look for you in the midst of what's going on. We're so grateful, God, that we can have encounters that are on holy ground right where we stand because we carry your presence. And so, Father, I thank you for what you're doing, and we bless your name. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. 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 So first thing I want to talk about is recognizing his presence. Recognize his presence. Sometimes we'll see things, and things will happen, and we aren't curious. We just kind of move on. Have have you ever, people who are, are kind of what we would call a seer, they see things in the spirit, will see a flash of light in the corner, and they'll be like, oh, I don't know what, that, I must have a floater in my eye, or, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll make excuses for what they're seeing, but it might be an angel, right? I've had moments where I've walked in a room, and I felt something over here, and I'm like, oh, that's not God. Okay, we're going to deal with that demonic spirit, you know, so, so there are moments where God is doing something, and you have access, you have eyes in the spiritual realm, in your spirit, right? Let's be clear. You are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Your spirit is in heaven right now, and it is on earth right now. You are in two places at once. It's, a, it's an amazing dichotomy. It's this weird thing where, wait, I can hear the voice of God in heaven while I'm right here. Because the spirit in you has birthed your spirit to be seated with Jesus in heavenly realms. Now, oftentimes we will see things and we dismiss it quickly because we don't have a grid for it. I'm going to encourage us that when we see things that don't make sense and they don't have a grid, turn aside. Turn aside. 
One of the greatest things that creates offenses in the body of Christ is our absolute lack of curiosity. Somebody says something and we misconstrue it and then we make an assumption and now our assumption is turned into a judgment and now we're offended. Instead of just asking a question. What do you mean? What was, li- what was that like for you? Instead, we carry judgments in our heart. Curiosity is the key to finding the Lord. Be curious. This is a lifestyle of discovery. When we lose our curiosity with what God is doing, we will now become religious. We will trust our pattern, our routine, and our strategy. But God says, no, I'm doing something that you can only see from a distance, and you might want to stop what you're doing and turn aside. Lord, I'm noticing something here. What are you doing? I think asking why is the wrong question as well. That, that eliminates curiosity. Okay, now let, hear me. You think that the question why would be a curious question? But how many of you know that God has established his will? From way back then until now, he has established his will. There, there you should not be confusion about the will of God. So when things happen, when things that we don't understand happen, we're like, God, why are you doing this to me? Why is this happening? Well, no, God is working out his perfect will, and he works all things together for good. I don't need to know the why. What are you doing, God? What? How do you want me to do this? The more that we ask why, the more we become a victim. You are not victims. You are victorious. Stop asking why, God, why, God, why, God, why, God, why, God? And it gets whinier every time, right? <laughs> Why not? No. God, what are you doing? Because I trust your goodness. I know that you're good, and I understand your will. I know that for me, God is going to work all things together for good. So when it doesn't make any sense, I don't need to know why. He's going to work it out. I know what the devil's always trying to distract. He's always trying to take something. He's a thief. Why did it go missing? Because the devil is a thief. This is not hard to, this not hard to figure out. But when we're stuck in why, we've removed ourselves from discovering what God's doing and how he wants to partner with you in the process. One of the things that has to happen is when you're curious and you turn aside, it requires that you take action to pursue it. So if you're going to recognize his presence, we have to be curious, we have to turn aside, and then you have to take an action. You have to take some type of step toward it. And it wasn't until he turned aside that God said, okay, now I can engage this guy because he's coming towards me now. He turned He went from this way to this way. Like, oh, there's a bush on fire. 
And it was in the distance because he couldn't see the angel. He just saw the fire. So he turns aside and he begins to move this direction. And this is beautiful because he says that when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. Sometimes we're frustrated because we're not hearing the voice of God. Stop, be curious, turn aside. And he will speak to you. So, we know that we need to learn how to recognize his presence. One of the things that happens when you do recognize his presence and you turn aside, God will reveal where you are. He's going to reveal where you are. We see this. Do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off for your feet. For the place where you stand is holy ground. Holy ground is an unusual place. So God will often tell you you're in an unusual place. The place where you're at is not where you've been before. The kingdom of God is not a place that we've seen fully manifested in the earth yet. So we're going to be treading a lot of new territory. And God, you're going to have to say, God, where am I? As you draw near to God, he will expose you for where you are at. You know what's wonderful about this is that when he tells us where we are at, it is always in relation to his holiness. It is not just in relation to your sin. He already, he's already drawing you. You think his, your sin's a problem for him? He's already calling you. You got curious. You turned aside. I think all of us who got saved have at that moment gone, I'm curious. I'm turning aside. And God says, David Lockwood. (laughs) The place where you are is holy because I'm holy. It's not about you. It's not about your failures, your faults, your misses. When God reveals where you are, it is in relationship to his holiness. This is why we maintain reverent awe and fear of God. Because listen, when you encounter the holiness of God, it changes your life. You're able to deal with the things that we did during communion to break addiction and the hidden things and all these things that that bind us up, encounter the holiness of God and those things begin to move. In Christ, we have access to be bold, to come before the throne of grace. We shall not be afraid nor dismayed when we enter holy ground. We're not afraid of the Lord killing us or punishing us. Why? In Christ, there is grace. In Christ, there is mercy. I heard this often. I don't know if I've heard it recently, but oftentimes people would feel that they're so low that they can't enter, the, enter into the presence. Yeah. 
I, I've had people start to feel the presence of the Lord and they were so ashamed and guilt-ridden that they left instead of pressing into the freedom that was available to them in those moments. When we come to the Lord, He will reveal Himself in His holiness and in Christ, we can be bold. Don't lose your awe. Don't lose that reverent fear of the Lord, but come with boldness to the Father. You have access because of the blood of Jesus. Having access and boldness, that's in Hebrews 4, I think 16, that talks about that. I, I had a... I had these moments in my life where I would have encounters with God and inevitably, you know, you, you enter into the presence of the Lord and you're just so blessed by it and you're like, wow. And then the moment comes where it's not just that I'm on holy ground or I'm revealing His holiness, but He makes it personal. Because <laughs> when He reveals where we are, it's in relationship to His holiness, and then He reveals where I am, and He makes it personal. Yeah. He makes it personal. God hears your cries. He hears the, the deep things in your heart. He sees your brokenness more clearly than you do right? He sees you. He has a better vision of you than you have of yourself. And if you think you got it, you're full of pride and you need to repent. So when God reveals who he is, he'll reveal who he is to you and he will make it personal. Watch this. He says in verse 6, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He made it personal. I'm the God of your forefathers. God will reveal who he is to you. Not just, wow, I'm on holy ground. Wow, I, 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 I can come boldly even though I've got faults and failures and know I can receive the forgiveness of all of my sin through the blood of Jesus and I can come in this place. But then he says, no, actually, I am this God to you. Yeah, I'm the God who makes the barren woman pregnant. I'm the God who healed the lepers. I'm the God when, when the, the children of Israel were backed into an un, unbelievable situation of an army ascending against them and a great sea behind them, I'm the God who split the waters. He will be the God to you that you need. He makes it personal. 
When he reveals himself, he makes it personal, and he does it in response to the need. He hears your cries, and he will make it personal in response to the cries of your heart. To not cry out to God in your weakness, to not cry out to God in your anxiety, to not cry out to God in your fear, to not cry out to God is closing the door for his movement in your life. How are you dependent on God if you aren't asking him to be him for you in your need? And he might not fix the need, but reveal more of who you are so that you handle it different. Right? So we see this. I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. He knows the sorrows of your heart. I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from this land to a good and large land. Listen, when you encounter God and you encounter his presence, he reveals who he is to you personally, and then he will tell you what he will do. He is not a silent God. He is not a God that says, well, good luck, figure that out. He's not a God that says, well, you know, maybe you'll get this next time you go around the mountain. No, he's like, in two miles, take the next exit. He sees your need. He hears your need. And then he will tell you what he will do. I can't count how many times I've cried out to the Lord. And the thing that he's going to do is the thing that he has to do in me to change the situation. I'm crying out to God. God, I don't like this. And I don't like the way this is going. And God, I I feel like a failure. God, I, I feel like I'm missing it. God, I don't understand. Help me know and understand what's happening here. And I'm just crying out to the Lord. And the Lord's like, well, do you trust me? Oh, this is about my faith? God will often say, Chris, can you see it this way instead? Instead of viewing it under the lie of accusation, view it through the hope of my promise. Wow. Oftentimes, when God tells you what he's going to do, it will be a personal revelation of what he's going to do in you. And sometimes God will say, don't you dare lay a finger on that, Chris, because I got this. Woo. Hallelujah. I'm free. Because he said he's going to do it. And, he does, and, and he, I came with my need. He's revealing who he is to me personally. And in that moment, he says, I got this. And I'm like, yes, hallelujah. I, there's no more strategizing. There's no more, I got to come up with a plan. 
Nope, he's got it. And oftentimes they'll say, can you just be faithful to the little things I already put in your hands, please? Oh, wait, but I'm ready for a new challenge. You're not done with this challenge. Oh, oh, so you're telling me there's more. I love the fact that God responds to our need and then he declares what he will do. And here's the thing. I've never had a moment with God where he's like, well, I think you just need to suffer more. Uh, sorry, Chris. I think you're just going to have to learn this lesson the hard way. No, no, when God responds to me, my son paid the price to deliver you, I will deliver you. My son did the work, I will deliver you. My son paid the price, I got you. Yes, I know you need to change some things, Chris, but let me empower you to change. I know you feel like you got all these skills and you can do it all on your own. How about you stop doing that and let me empower you to do things you could never do before. In verses 8 and 9, he says, I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. I think it's important to recognize that when we encounter the presence of God, it's not just so you feel good. He has purpose. Right. Yeah, I love the presence. Just a, a brief story. I, you know, my mom was up for the weekend and um, she was going through some hard stuff. And so I'm like, well, why don't you just come hang out? Because we have a house of peace. Yep. We have a house of peace. It's just peaceful. You know, uh, restoration is on our house. People come and stay and they get back together with their spouse. We've seen it happen. We, it's just there's, a, there's a, a restoration on our house. And there's peace on it. It just feels good. I know it does for us, but that's what I hear from people who come over. Well, mom and I are spending a great time all week and I'm like, I'm like hey mom, you got to watch this video. And we watched The Blessing with Carrie Job and Cody Carnes and Elevation Worship. And because I remember I was telling mom about the moment during COVID when that, it was like we had just, uh, we're, we're just, I think this was the last week before we were going to be attending again. And then COVID hit. Right? The next week, I remember the next week, this place was shut down. And I said, Mom, this was, our, this was kind of, this was part of our COVID church, right? Everybody had their favorite TV pastor. Okay, let's just be clear, okay? Everybody got their favorite, you know, uh, you know, the, it was like, because we were just feeling so blessed, and we saw it live the, for the very first time that it was aired. We saw it live in the service. We were wrecked. We were bawling our eyes out. So I turned the volume up at home, and we're playing it. My mom's getting weepy and she's having this encounter 
with the Lord right in the middle of this. And she's like, I got goosebumps. This is amazing. Like, wow, that was powerful. God longs to meet our need and deliver us from our sorrows. And he will do it in ways that are simple but profound. Some of us think that we're playing Sudoku with God, trying to figure out what's in the next box to get it to all add up. God is a deliverer who sees your need. And when he, when he meets you, and it may be through a song, it may be through a word of encouragement, it might be a text message that you send to your old pastor. God wants to meet you in profound ways. It doesn't have to be complex. So he does reveal what he will do to deliver the people. Here we see that not only, not only does he say, I will deliver them, I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians to bring them up from that land, but then he says, I'm not just going to save them, I'm going to fulfill my promise. I'm going to take them to the land flowing with milk and honey. I'm going to take them to the place that I promised Jacob when he wrestled with me. <laughs> Go ahead, look around, Jacob. Yeah, all that? Yeah. Look around, Abraham. Yeah, see all that? It's yours. It's not going to be for, you know, 500-some years, but... God held his promise. So now the time is coming for those promises to come to pass. And we know that they go through quite the journey, don't they? They do 40 years in the wilderness. They cross the Great Red Sea. They do, uh, they, they got to go to war sometimes. They get rejected. They got, you know, they got to eat stuff, weird gooey stuff off the ground. And, you know, they got birds sending them food. I'm like, what? Well, it was a hard road ahead. And yet, God was going to deliver them and fulfill his promise. When we look at verse 9, it says, Behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the, the Egyptians oppressed them. Verse 10, Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. God reveals who he is. And then in that revelation of who he is, he makes it personal. Like, no, I see you. I, I see you and I see your need and I am here for you in that place. I, I am here to, to listen and, to, and I'll, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna deliver, but now here's your part. When we come away from the presence of God without some clear instruction, you might want to go back in the presence. 
This is a transformational lifestyle that is not just interested in goosebumps and feel-goods. A transformational lifestyle says, I'm in the presence and he is meeting with me. If I don't walk away with clarity of where I am, who he is, understanding what his plan and path is, and maybe even knowing my part, maybe I should spend more time in the presence. I see people get huge, huge breakthroughs, and suddenly they're at peace, and they're walking out deliverance, and they know that God has a vision and a call and a destiny on their life. Why? They heard it from the Lord because he, they were in his presence. I've had a lot of people give me a lot of prophetic words over the years of things that I would do, places I would minister, things that I would say, audiences that I would hold. You know what? You know what I need? That's great. You said it. I want to hear it in the presence. There was a moment where I got this really crazy prophetic word right after I first got saved that I would speak to the leaders of nations. I'm like, lady, do you know me? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I'm barely sober. And you think I'm going to speak to the leaders of nations? What? Huh? So, you know, if you get prophetic words that don't seem to make sense, just put them on the shelf so that God can access them later. Don't put them in the trash. Put them on the shelf. Okay? Especially the ones you don't like, put them on the shelf. Because you might need a revelation of who God says you are because what you think you are in the moment isn't the person that's going to do that. It's this transformed man that's going to go do that or woman. So then I'm realizing in San, I'm in San Jose, California, and I got a head of state. I've got the leader of army in the Philippines. I've got world leaders at the table. And I'm like, the presence of God came on me so powerfully. And he says, I told you so. You, you think you're done with that word? Let me reveal a little more of what I have in store for you. What? Crazy. Spiritual leaders of these nations. They're asking me questions about the way that I see the kingdom of heaven. What? It'd be so easy to go, well, I'm just a small town pastor in a small town with a small congregation. And, you know, it's like I just, you know, yeah, the Lord's good, but, you know, little old me. No. There was an empowerment that came in that moment to speak forth the word of the Lord. I believe that often we've dismissed destiny because we do what Moses did. I'm going I'm to send you to deliver. I'm going to send you to Pharaoh. 
but I can't talk. They're not going to believe me. They're not going to believe that I heard God in a burning bush. Are you crazy? That's a crazy story, Jesus. <laughs> the angel of the Lord is a Christophany in the Old Testament, just so that, you know, I'm not messing with Scripture. That's actually a, a fundamental principle in Old Testament interpretation according to the New Testament light. When you see the angel of the Lord, it is often Jesus himself. Because you never worship angels. But the angel of the Lord receives worship. Okay? Now, there's a whole lot more I want to say about the rest of all the things that happened with Moses, right? I'll just share this one thing on Independence Day. Happy Fourth of July, by the way. How many of you know that rebellion is spirit of witchcraft, right? We know this. So how many of you know what was the first sign that God gave Moses to show the people of Israel that he had met with God? Anybody got it? The staff. What's in your hand, right? The staff. Throw it down and it will turn into a serpent. Do you know that the root word for serpent is hiss? But when you look at how that word is used, it means divination. Take what's in your hand, throw it down, throw down the idols of Egypt, the divination, throw down the other gods, throw it down because it's evil and it's going to bite you. It's scary. It's not good. It is not good. And then you grab it by the tail, and it's the, now it's the tool of the Lord. Take your independence and throw it down. And when you come to that place where God has done his work because you threw it, threw it down, you will, when you grab back at the tool that you were using for divination... When you grab that thing again, it is now a staff of authority. I'll let you guys marinate on that. I'm sure I'll have tons of questions. But God wants us to live lives of encounter. God wants to take those broken places in us and he wants us to throw it on the ground so that he's like, okay, that big skin, now you can see it clearly, grab it by the tail. Because in your hand, it's a staff of authority. That rebellion that's in your heart, throw it down. Grab it by the tail, now it's a staff of authority. You take authority over the rebellion instead of the rebellion taking authority over you. So, he's going to reveal your part in his plan. How many of you are ready for some fresh plans from God? <laughs> Good, most of you. Amen. How many of you feel like God already gave you plans, but you haven't fulfilled them yet? Okay. Will you stand with me?
there is a fruitfulness to encounter that reveals where you're at, who God is. He makes it personal. He'll reveal to you his promises. He'll say, yeah, I'm going to deliver you. He'll reveal where you are. Yeah, you got to change. He can do all of this in a moment. If we're curious and we turn aside. How many of you get a sense like, I should go pray, but, the, but uh, my favorite show's on? How many of you get that, that little stirring in your spirit that you should go spend time with the Father, but I got to go do this instead? These are moments to turn aside. And if we can, like, listen, we've talked about, here's what God can do. He's going to reveal who he is. He's going to do all of these things. Listen, we've got to open the door to encounter by turning aside. As I look around the room, I believe most everybody here is probably saved. But let me just tell you, there are these moments where God is drawing you near and he will reveal who you are where you feel like, hmm, I wonder if I'm saved. He's done it to me several times because he exposed something that was so painful that I'm like, God, how could I still love you and be with you and have that still at work in my life? How, how is that possible? I had a conversation with somebody asking me, uh, do you think I'm saved? And I said, I think that's the wrong question. God, what are you doing now? What are you revealing now? Amen? Let's come to the Father and let's turn aside. And I want you to just come to him right now. Say, Father, here I am. I'm turning aside to find you right now in this moment. I want to find you in your presence. And God, I'm asking that you speak to me. God, will you speak? Tell me more about who you are. Tell me more about who I am. Tell me more, God. Tell me more. Tell me more, Lord. Tell me more, Lord. As you do this, start to bring him your need, your sorrow, your fear, your anxiety. Just bring it to him. God, here it is. What do you say about it? What are you saying about my brokenness? What are you saying about my fear, God?
Now, Father, I want you to show me my part. Show me my part. God, I don't want to miss what you're doing. Show me your part, God. Show me your part, God. Show me what I need to be doing me doing and show me what you're doing. God, we need your presence. We need your presence. We need your presence, Father. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. This is just between you and me. And I know all of you here and I love you. If you feel like you've got a major block in your ability to hear God when you enter his presence, or maybe you don't sense his presence, I just want you to raise your hand. Thank you. You can put your hands down. I command all demonic opposition that has come against you to stop in Jesus' name. The mercy and the love of the Father will overcome every block that has been in your life. Every trauma, every wound, even when you felt radically double-minded, we just declare that right now you are of one mind. You are of sound mind. We declare that you can hear God's voice. And it may start with a whisper, but turn aside. We commit our lives, God, to turning aside to your voice, to turning aside to your presence, to coming near to you today. And Father, when I'm not feeling it, I'm going to come. When I feel that opposition, I'm going to come to you. When I feel like I don't understand why, and I don't understand any of this, God, come to the Father. And Lord, I thank you that it is in this moment that demonic chains are being broken off of lives right now in Jesus' name. I want you to put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder. Okay, put hands on shoulders. This is important. Put hands on shoulders. Come on, everybody needs to be got, including you, Richard. John, LaPointe, will you go up and get with Richard? Thank you. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to pray for their strengthening right now to enter into the presence, to remove all fear that presence be removed. Come on, release a prayer over each other right now. Hallelujah. 
Wow, there is, the Lord told me he was releasing divine virtue today. He's actually releasing his virtue, his power in you right now. And he's giving your shoulders the weight, the ability to carry the weight of your call. That's why your hands are on each other's shoulders, because it is in his presence that destiny is found. It is in his presence that calling is confirmed. It is in his presence that, that the call that you have to carry as a man and a woman of God is found. And you are here to support each other's call, to support each other's vision, to support each other's mission and destiny. So we just declare over you strength in Jesus' name, divine power and divine virtue over you in Jesus' name. I need the strengthening as well. So I, I just felt like I want all the MIT people to come up. Because listen, you guys are, you guys, we have this unique ability to spend four hours together every week. And I want you all to lay hands on me. Because part of my call and destiny is in these people that have, have been a part of this. <laughs> yes, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yep. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yep. Yes, thank you, Lord. Wow. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yep. Thank you, Lord. Yep. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. Yes. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Yeah. Out here, stop being so hard on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Receive my love and acceptance. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Come on. I, I want the men in the room, if you consider yourself a father in this house. Okay, that's Richard. I'm going to just call a couple people out, but it's, it's open. Richard, you need to be up here. Jim, you guys stay. <laughs> Richard. Tim. Jim. Tim. Ted. Rick. David. Mike. Come on up, guys. Come on, dads. Terry, you come on up, too. Jason, you're welcome. Let's get the men up here. There's something, something God's doing on, on fathers. All right. Okay. All right, Darcy, immediate order of a new new podium. All right. Oh, we got Gorilla Glue. Actually, MIT, why don't you guys come up here? Fathers, behind them. 
No, you guys stand facing me. They're going to put their hands on the back. I know it's confusing. Let's get some more over here, maybe. I just want you to lay hands. I want you to bless this crew. Come on up. Oh, so we need some people over here. Come on, Richard. Come on, just pray out as the Lord leads you. We can all hear right now, so go ahead. Yeah. Put your hands on him. Put your hands on him. Bless him. Yeah. Yeah, we release a Father's blessing over you. That your destiny and calling is sure. Your willingness to be bold and to commit to this process, to stay teachable and humble, is allowing the Father's blessing to flow freely in your life, in every area of your life. In every area of your life. Hello, there I am. Father, I release an anointing and a blessing to hear your voice, but not just to hear your voice, but to hear your heartbeat. That they would know an intimacy with you, Lord, that they've never known before. Father, that they would press into you. They would press into you, not just your ways, but you. That they would want to know Christ. They would want to know him. And Father, it's your goal, it's your purpose for us each as individuals to know you. That in order to lead, Lord, we have to follow you. Father, I thank you for the ways in which they're following you now. But Lord, take them deeper. Take them deeper. Take them into a place of intimacy, Father, that sets them free in ways that are explosive and astounding. In ways that birth the miraculous. In ways that birth the supernatural to a greater extent than they've ever experienced before in their lives because they know you and they know your heart. Come on, anyone else? We release the blessing of the Father of the Father on you. You have a stamp of approval. We see you and we see your ministry, we see your call, we see the destiny that is on your life and that you've chosen to step in at greater levels and we say yes and amen in agreement with the Father. Father, we just release the authority of instruction. Lord, as you lead them, they lead us. Father, their hearts, their hearts are so open to you, Father. God, just let that be a conduit to yes, us. Yes, wow. Let that conduit flow, as we've talked about before. There's, there's no resistance, no resistors in that flow. That conduit flows unfathomed yeah. father you just 
you need to know that you are in our prayers and that when you're separate from us, you're really not. You're really not separate from us. <laughs> and we commit to praying for you. I just want to say over the fathers. Come on, Mama. That you're worthy and you're loved. You're worthy of the fullness of his love activated in you. You're fully, fully loved, fully embraced, fully set free to be you. Yeah, I just feel like the Father's love is just um, oozing over you and releasing you in this peaceful power. So I just release right now a fresh anointing of authority in your life. fresh anointing for authority in your life. We're just releasing you a fresh anointing of authority in your life. Backed by the fathers. A fresh anointing of authority in your life. A fresh anointing of authority in your life. Fresh anointing of authority in your life. Backed by fathers. A fresh anointing of authority in your life, man of God. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Fresh anointing of authority. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. His presence changes everything. The authority that we carry comes from His presence. You got something? Getting wrecked, yeah. Come on. Amen. I think it's time to give God praise. Thank you for joining us today. Harvest Valley Worship Center is called to be a refuge for healing and a launch pad for transformation. If this message impacted you today, please let us know in a comment, or you can email us at media at hvwc.com. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to connecting with you.